From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. This week's topic is Learn at UW. You use it, you know it, you learn with it, hopefully you love it. And now there's a bunch of new features in Learn at UW that we're going to talk about. Joining us in the studio, the manager of the Learn at UW team, Jeff Borer. Along with our regular geeks, Teresa Saldana and Andy Muschlewski. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Live on this beautiful Thursday from WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison, Wisconsin, the snake on the lake. And you are listening to the most connected radio show on the planet where we're going to talk tech now for this uh, beautiful hour in the afternoon. Check us out online, doit.wisc.edu forward slash radio, doit dot wisc dot edu forward slash radio we got so many ways for you for you to get in contact with us our, our phone number is 608 aok wsum that is 608-265-9786 we got an email we got uh chat and text and pics and we, we got so many different ways for you to get in contact with us so go ahead and shoot us a line uh, the email address for you to email is radio at doit.wisc.edu. That's radio at doit.wisc.edu. And, of course, check out our podcast. We've got podcasts up on the iTunes. That's what the kids are calling it nowadays, right? The iTunes, The yes. iTunes, yep. You just go to the Google, type in the iTunes, <laughs> and uh, and then type in the Do It Live radio programmy with the E at the end, you know, because we're old-fashioned like that. Uh and you can find us on there and subscribe to our podcast. If you, if you miss a show, if you like hearing my voice just a lot, you know, if, if it helps you when you're cooking or knitting or whatever, you know, whatever you do in your free time, whatever you want to put up on your Pinterest page. We still don't have a Pinterest page. We got to make a Pinterest page. We do. If we're going to be the most connected, we need one. That's true. So subscribe to the podcast and, uh, and post about it on your Pinterest. You know, I don't think I've ever needed a pop filter more. Post about the podcast on your Pinterest. You know, hopefully I didn't destroy some uh, uh, some speakers out there. So uh, this week we uh, have a wonderful special guest in the studio. We've got Jeff Borer uh, from Learning UW team. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, t- hey Ty, great. Yeah, thanks and Jeff, for having me. Jeff is Jeff is a, a veteran of the show. Uh, he was on a little while back. How long ago was that? I don't know. Maybe a year. <laughs> I, my guess would be a year. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been it's been a little bit. Yeah. So we're, we've we've got a bunch of new stuff in Learn at UW to talk about. A bunch of new features. A bunch of really cool, interesting stuff out there. Everybody out there uh, uses Learn at UW. I I can't think of anybody who doesn't nowadays use Learn at UW. So so this uh, this show is for you. You're gonna have a a, a treat basically. Because I uh, yeah everybody le- everybody uses Learn at UW yeah you're exactly right we uh, we know that uh, about 92 percent of the students say that they use it each semester there wow. you go and can can anybody remember a time before online classes and online oh my gosh it was terrible you had to go to like a, a real library quote unquote and talk mm-hmm. to a real person and yeah. oh, it was just, yeah 
It reminds me of when Sandy would talk about when she had to sign up for classes when she went to school here and she literally had to run from building to building. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And the the joke was if you could get through class registration, you would get through school here. (laughs) (laughs) So the 8% of students that aren't using it, are they just like staying in their dorm rooms playing Skyrim all day? (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know. But I guess there still are, you know, there still may be some classes that, that that don't use it but we will get we'll get all into that in the second half of the show uh we're gonna start off the show since it is tradition tradition <laughs> tradition we're gonna start off the show the same way we start off every show with Teresa Saldana and the news award-winning anchor Teresa Saldana brings you the news with no bias no spin no zones <laughs> <laughs> and no budget. It's Teresa Saldana <laughs> with the news. I like that last part. No budget. <laughs> so, speaking of no budgets. Uh, <laughs> that we, was a perfect transition. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We could start out talking about Best Buy. Ouch. Ooh, and ouch. Best Buy is losing profit. And they have decided they are going to close 50 stores. Though they haven't announced where. Oh. But drop. They're going to close 50 stores and... Let go of about 400 employees. Ah, oh, uh, that's terrible. Budget deficit of what did they lose? 1.7 billion this quarter, I believe. Ooh. Yeah, they, they indicated they're losing. I mean, we were talking about how they're they by selling Apple products that they they have a smaller margin on those products, and that's why that's part of why they're they're losing money. But I, you know, in the article I was reading that they're they're also just losing money on some of their big ticket items like television. Other stores like Staples and uh, Home Depot, believe it or not. Home Depot selling TVs? That's what the article when did said. I, when did I miss out on I, this? You know, I don't know. Home Depot is a big place. I get lost every time I go there anyway. <laughs> Who knows what they're selling in there? <laughs> well, I mean, so, so what like do you guys lumber. think about... I'm used to lumber and stuff, but not TVs. That's kind of weird. I, I mean, it could sell anything. I suppose, yeah. You know, you know, one of the things, one of the misconceptions, for at least for IT people... Uh, is that they were trying to dispel? I remember this years ago. Is Best Buy mm-hmm. like they're like we have appliances, you know? And because mm-hmm. nobody went over to that dark, dusty section of Best Buy, you know, with the the I don't know laundry troll, you know? Hello, the laundry troll. Would you troll. like something that's high efficiency? <laughs> but you know, I mean, for me, I always kind of gravitated towards at least went for my Best Buy, and they might be mm-hmm. set up, you know, the same in every store. I always gravitated toward kind of like the right side of the store where it had all the software and PCs mm-hmm. and like DVDs and video yeah. games and TVs do you, do you and remember, then there's a left side that's oh. just nobody touched yeah do you remember actually okay one correction Office Depot not Home Depot Office Depot oops oh oops oh. <laughs> see that makes more sense yeah. <laughs> okay I picked the wrong <laughs> depot okay <laughs> well, anyway you get lumber in uh, aisle 5 and software in aisle 7 and uh, we, we got cows in aisle f- you know they're breaking into everything yeah exactly uh, <laughs> do you remember going to Best Buy years ago when they had I think it was maybe around the time that they were selling the Nintendo Cube. Maybe is around the time the GameCube. The, yeah, the GameCube. The Cube. Nintendo Cube. Cube GameCube. Yeah, you know what? I didn't. I'd like a Nintendo 350, please. <laughs> okay, for my I'm just. You know what? Today I'm just making everything up. Uh, okay. <laughs> and they used to have those that 
they used to have a bunch of big screens. So when you'd walk in the store, you would see someone playing a video yes. game. And it was like it was like 50 feet tall. Yes. It was huge. Yes, I remember that very vividly. Actually. And they don't do that anymore. No. They've completely gotten rid of that setup. I remember going to Best Buy and it always seemed exciting because you would hear video games being played yeah. and people running all over the place. It seemed like a very... Too, too, many, like ki- an, too many kids hanging out at Best Buy all day. Seemed like an arcade. Yeah. <laughs> seemed like an arcade. I remember going there as a kid thinking, I want to be here. I want to play games here. I want to run around and have fun. But mm-hmm. now Best Buy is not that interesting mm-hmm. and it... But mm-hmm. now look at us. We're all old, and like whenever we need to buy something, mm-hmm. you know, technology is like, oh, I can pick it up at Best Buy. Pew, 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 right? Well, I, actually, I think most of us are kind of like Amazon, but you know, when you think of exactly. a, when you think of an electronic retailer that sells like computer stuff, the first thing that comes to mind is it's what? Best Buy. Best Buy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's probably because we're, you know, we're, <laughs> we're thinking about all the pew, pew noises. Yeah. You know, as kids. You I know. still think about that when I walk in there and it's still a little jarring that it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I don't I don't go there anymore because it's yeah. overpriced compared to what you can buy online. Right. Like Ty said, you, know, you go to Amazon for and, and Mono that's price. really hurting um, Best Buy because the items that you can find cheaper online are the ones that they're actually making a profit on. So mm-hmm. Monster Cable, anyone? Yeah. Right. And you can see Best Buy's prices right online too. Mm-hmm. So you could... You can do a side-by-side comparison and just say, uh, I'm going to buy this over here. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Jeff, did you ever, have you ever bought a monster cable accidentally? <laughs> not on purpose. Okay. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> not out of desperation. <laughs> Andy has a funny story about monster cables. Uh, oh, yes, yes. So, yeah, the, the monster cables, you know, they, they tout that they're so much better than, than these other cables. And, and recently someone did a, a little study online, and they took, like, uh, people who are audiophiles, people that are real audio geeks that listen to high-end audio equipment. And they did a blind comparison. They used a monster cable for one listening, and the next listening they used a coat hanger. And no one was able to tell so the they, difference. So they connected a receiver system from the receiver to, to a speaker. With a coat hanger. With a coat hanger. And they couldn't tell the difference between that and a monster cable. Correct. That's just amazing. <laughs> I'm going to have to go home and wire up my, my speakers I with know, cables. Get, get, with I was the, just going to ask, hard, do you think you could tell those. the difference between your no. cables and a ha- coat hanger? No, 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 probably not. I mean, The coat hanger is probably better. It's thicker, got more filament. Yeah, well, all, I mean, all it is really is just a copper wire. I mean, more or less, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is, you know, it doesn't matter if it's gold shielded and plated in diamonds and you platinum know, comes with a comes with a Kanye West single. I mean, it, no, that doesn't doesn't matter. Does no, it? it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I did have a guy try to sell me a, a monster cable HDMI cable. It was like 10 feet. It's like seventy dollars. Oh, and so I pulled out my smartphone. I'm like, now nah, I can go with the ninety nine cent version on Amazon. But thanks, you know, his wow. face just dropped. And yeah, so I guess my kids won't be eating. Tonight. That's another thing that's hurting Best Buy: the age of the smartphone. So you go into Best Buy and you're shopping for something. Well, you just pull out your smartphone and you can comparison shop right mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. in the store. There's and you apps where you can scan the barcode. Right. And just figure so, out. I was just gonna say that. So I've, that's another big, big thing that's hurting retailers who have actual brick and mortar stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have used that scan barcode app quite a bit too. When I'm just walking around, it's like, oh, air conditioning unit. How much would that be? Bloop. And you know, since I've got since I'm I've got Amazon Prime, and you know, you got you got the Amazon Prime student deal that mm-hmm. everyone out there can sign up for. If you haven't heard of that yet, if you have a whisk.edu email address, you get free uh, Amazon Prime for a year. You should definitely sign up for that if you haven't yet. Uh, you know, I can just oh, free two day shipping. You know, if mm-hmm. it, if it's if it's cheaper online. Or even if it's maybe you know, ten bucks more, eh, whatever. I get a brand new one. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Shipping. 
I've always felt bad going into Best Buy and leveraging their expertise and the ability to check out devices with my own hands and eyes. Right. And then I leave, say thank you very much, <laughs> mm-hmm. and go buy, and go buy it online. online. Yeah. Right? I always feel bad about that. But yeah. That's absolutely what I do. I remember when I wanted to buy a new keyboard, I went to an office depot. And I went and tried out all their keyboards. And then I said, bye. And then I went and bought it on Amazon. <laughs> because that's the other thing I don't like about Best Buy either in particular. Are their consultants? They, they basically, they're salespeople. They follow you everywhere. And they, I mean, I, I'll be in the store. I'll get asked four times if I need help. Yeah. And I, I just don't like being, I don't like being bothered. I, maybe it's because I spend so much more time shopping online now. I'm not used to being bombarded with questions. I'm just like, let me, leave me alone. Let me, let me look at the specs. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a fine line between wanting some, you know, someone available to ask questions and then mm-hmm. pestering you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we have to tell them, Hey, the line must be drawn here. leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to keep an eye out and see if they close the Best Buy anywhere near here. Yeah, well, I, they couldn't. Not not in Madison. I think I think that they would close James, a Best Jamesville, Buy in maybe? like yeah, in a smaller town before Madison. But who knows? Maybe we're all tech savvy and love listening to the Do It Live podcast available on iTunes. Subscribe now. <laughs> I it probably depends on the location. If I know we have one, I'm sure we have one in each mall. But if there's another one somewhere, mm-hmm. they might in the area. They might close that one down. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, well, other than Best Buy, what other what other kind of topics do we have to talk about well, today? Well, I heard about the the um, House of Representatives shutting down the legislation that would ban employers from asking for your Facebook username and password. I don't know if any of you have heard of this, but employers apparently, uh, in some places, when you uh, go to apply for the job, they'll just uh, they'll have a computer in the room, turn the monitor and keyboard around and say, please log into your Facebook account. Yeah, Can we you talk- imagine? We talked about that last time. Um and I saw that on Reddit today too, and uh, and even though they did shoot it down, like one of the um, one of the top uh, comments was that you know, hey, look, it was just a tiny provision in like this one bill. It'll probably it says keep in context. This was an amendment on an FCC reform bill. Mm-hmm. There's a decent chance you'll see it reintroduced. So it was basically a rider on a bigger bill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. And I mean, th- obviously there's there's the chance that it'll show up again. I mean, it just because it got turned down this one time yeah. doesn't mean that it that it would in the future, but But I think I mean, we can all agree that it's insane. Right. Yeah. The, the, you don't, the, I guess, don't give your password to anyone. Right. Yeah. It certainly, I mean, right now there's there's no law saying you have to. So it's like it's like an employer it. asking you for like a blood sample or like a tissue sample or something well, like that. Well, I mean, they, I mean, well, some some do some can do that. They, they can ask but, you for hair samples. They can ask you for well for drug tests. But well, like, right. But I'm just saying. I mean, they can. And that that uh, again is a condition of em, of employment. Correct. You have to agree to that. And right. obviously, um, if you agree to it, then it's legal for them to do that. Correct. Um, why don't they just mm. assign, if they're really that worried about you, why don't you just assign a, like a private eye to walk around with you, you know, or walk around. They don't need private eyes. Facebook does it for you. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, right. one of those things it'll do is just drive up uh, usage of Facebook. Everyone will be creating a <laughs> fake Facebook account. Yeah, to use I, you know, there is a lot of that going on out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. I've definitely heard of people doing that, that it's not, it's actually not necessarily a fake Facebook account. Some people actually maintain mm-hmm. two Facebook accounts. One is for professional networking. One is for personal networking mm-hmm. so that you control what information is on which account. I think, I, I think it's a good idea. I wish Facebook was just more flexible with allowing you to have basically two versions or multiple versions of your Facebook page so that there's one version that 
you know, your parents see, there's one version that your friends see, but that it's all managed through one master account. Yeah. Right? I wonder what Facebook thinks about users giving out passwords. Cause that, They're I mean, not supposed to. I that, think it's part I of the user that, agreement. Yeah, I would that yeah. be, willing to, uh, mm-hmm. be willing to bet that's a violation of their user agreement. So, But I think that's why employers in part are asking you to type it in. They're not asking you to tell them what the password is, but to simply log into your account and then they can look around. Yeah. So technically they couldn't get back in again. Um, but I still think it, it's a ridiculous request. I mean, there's oh. things that employers aren't allowed to ask you. Um, about medical conditions, um, religion, um, that stuff could be in Facebook. So yeah. why, why do I want them going in my Facebook account if that information's in there? It's a, it's a right. violation big, of my privacy. Yeah, the big question is, is that a violation of your First Amendment rights? Um, right. Because who who's going to truly have free speech if your employer can p- pry into your personal life? Mm-hmm. And so, that's that's tough, and and you know, with certain parts of the economy, that the jobs. I mean, there, there's not a lot out there. So if you're really trying to get a job, and you're, you know, point blank, your your employer, your potential employer asks you to hand over this information, you saying no. I mean, are you going to get the job? Probably, probably not. not. No. I would delete my Facebook account before <laughs> yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Here, let me log in and delete. Oh, delete. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Peruse fingers, all you want. My fingers mm-hmm. slipped. Unless so, it was an IT job, and when, when they ask you for it, and you say no, they go, congratulations. Yeah, you got the job. <laughs> congratulations. You just won a free iPod now. Congratulations. <laughs> so, I, I, Andy, I see something up on your screen here, and I have to ask about it, because uh, all I can see out of the corner of my eye is flying robots deliver tacos to your location. Yeah, oh, so yes, this, we were talking about this. This is, this is a very interesting story. Um, in San Francisco, uh, a group has posted up a website called... Taco Copter. Taco Copter. And basically, they it's saying flying robots deliver tacos to your location. Our unmanned delivery agents are fast and work tirelessly. Uh, oh, that's perfect. Problem being that it's basically illegal for them to do this. It's not really. Uh, um, it's not really in. They're not really doing it yet. They they're claiming it's not a hoax and they would like to get this up and running, <laughs> but. It is illegal in the United States to use drones for commercial purposes. Oh. So, yeah. So, those of you who want... I mean, it's a, it's a neat idea. They're p- basically, that you order with your smartphone, and they use the GPS, and will track you. And it basically says uh, the little um, example shot that they have of a smartphone says, Out for delivery. Your tacos are on the way. Please stay stationary. So, it's using the <laughs> GPS... <laughs> And this uh, autonomous quadcopter drone will deliver your taco. All right, let's order a taco and see if a helicopter starts smacking into the glass. Do not move, human. Of the studio. Your tacos are on their way. Do not resist. All will have tacos. All will be covered in cheese and pico de gallo. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's all kinds of other, like you mentioned, getting through a a window or something. There's all kinds of problems with their business model, but... Mm -hmm. Making sure the right person gets the taco. I want a taco delivered by a quadcopter. It would be the coolest thing. (laughs) I think we should just buy a little helicopter and make a taco and make it fly around the room. Boy, you'd get instant dates. Be like, you know, hey, what's up, baby? You hungry? Beep. Tacos. It's all right. I got your tacos right here. Um, That would be a little creepy. Would it? Yeah. You wouldn't be impressed? What if the guy had like, you know, like muscles? Uh... (laughs) 
mussels and flying mussels helicopters. And flying what, tacos? helicopters. Why, what if the tacos had why guacamole? Why isn't that on the top of my interest list on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, gee, I uh, wonder. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> that would be that would be Teresa's response right there. <laughs> exactly. So no taco copter. No, no taco, taco copters. copters. At least not yet. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, we got time for one more. One more piece of news before we got to hit the break here. One so. more piece of news. You got anything? Oh, There's so much to talk about. such a tough call. I'm not sure what we should talk about. Well, well, hold on. Let's let's let our guests decide. We had a, we had a, this is something new. Okay, the guest decides the news. Ooh. Uh, Andy, you had yours was about a tricorder. Tricorder. What else? Did you have anything else? Uh, the, the Alan Lomax recordings. Alan Lomax recordings. And Teresa, you had. Uh, well, I've got uh, Twitter trying to patent the pull to refresh feature okay. in iOS. And? And, yeah. Uh, something about Anonymous we, we, in there? Something, oh, well, anonymous? we could talk about Anonymous wanting to shut down the internet on Saturday. Okay, which way, our guest, which one would you like to hear? Let's go with Anonymous trying to shut down the internet. All right. <laughs> anonymous on the internet. All right, Teresa, take it away. So, Anonymous wants to shut down the internet on Saturday to protest SOPA. But how would they do that? Please explain how they would do that. Well, they're <laughs> going to attack the DNS servers um, of the internet. And what does that mean? Well, the, I think we've talked about this before on the radio show, talking about the DNS servers, that basically they translate the your URL that you type in, google.com, into an IP address. That's the actual name of Google, because who would want to remember all those numbers? So the real Google is like 77.258, no, two type mm -hmm. five two dot, you know. Blah, 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 blah. Which is handy to use if your DNS server does go down. I've I have done that. I've typed in the IP address of the of the site that I'm going to, mm -hmm. and then I get through, and I think, oh look, it's just my DNS server that's down. <laughs> Nerd. Sweet, I'm elite hack source. So, so what they're talking about doing is effectively shutting down the internet. But if, for instance, you had all of those IP addresses written down, you could still access. Them. Yes, you could still access the internet. It might be a little bit harder to get around, Cumbersome. but you can. And so what they would do is they would just hit all of the DNS servers mm -hmm. over and over and over again until they couldn't process any more requests. Right. And then when you try to go to google.com, you'd be like, what? I don't know what that is, you know? Oh, no. We're all doomed. And that would happen. Exactly. So if Anonymous were successful, I, uh, mass chaos. Yeah. yeah. I well, don't. Pandemonium. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day on Saturday. Just go out and barbecue mm -hmm. instead. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when Wikipedia went down, and of course, on that day, I did try to look up something on Wikipedia, and then just got shut out, and I thought, oh. That was worse, because for a second there, it flashed it on the screen. Yep, yep. Yeah, oh, it teased you. you. It's like, hey, look at the article, and then, <laughs> not <laughs> gone. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you can't so see So we'll it. see if Anonymous is successful, but you never know if they're actually going to do it, or is it really Anonymous? Yeah, because Anonymous is not led by anyone, and it's just kind of, anybody yeah, can announce, anybody could announce we're going to do something. Yeah, then, about a couple of weeks ago there was a post on twitter that mm -hmm. was supposedly from anonymous saying that this attack was a hoax that it's right. not really them but mm -hmm. but how but can knows? you say you're I, not really anonymous i guess i would be afraid anonymous. to try to announce something as anonymous knowing that the real one could come after me yeah that would be scary that would be weird dun, dun. all right well we're gonna take a quick break uh quick pause for the cause here and we will be back with more do it live check us out online do it.wis.edu forward slash Radio, you can get in contact with us 608 AOKWSUM. That's 608 265 9786. Or email us, of course, radio at doit.wist.edu. We'll be back with some Learning UW fun and more. Do it live. 
And now, the Do It Live three disclaimers with our guest geek of the week, Yoda. Number one, opinions expressed on this program there are, but reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. They do not. Number two, hmm, provided by the Division of Information Technology, a.k.a. Do It, and other university departments' products and services, as well as drawings and giveaways, but only available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison, they are. Yes. Number three, offering opinions or recommendations that participants of this broadcast may. However, endorsements or consideration provided on behalf of the products and services discussed. There has not been. Do or do it. There is no try. It. Warning! Due to the graphic nature of this announcement, parental discretion is advised. One look at a soft and furry bunny may tempt you to buy this bunny for your child. But wait! The House Rabbit Society estimates that up to 90% of all bunnies bought as pets for children die of poor care or are abandoned in shelters where they may be euthanized. Ask yourself, am I willing to love and care for her her whole life? In spite of their often sweet natures, rabbits do scratch and bite. Child at play and an active bunny's needs usually don't coincide. Will a child's rabbit be pleading from a shelter within six months? A pet rabbit can be an addition to your whole family but only if you know the amount of work and care she needs and deserves. For more information, contact the House Rabbit Connection or your local animal shelter. This message brought to you by WSUM 91.7 FM Madison, the snake on the lake. WSUM 91.7 FM, Madison, Wisconsin. And hey, during the break, we actually had a call from a caller, uh, which I guess would make Ooh-wee. sense. Yeah. <laughs> His name was Sam, and he he wanted to say something real quick about um, about the Wikipedia blackout, about SOPA, when we were talking about SOPA and the Wikipedia blackout. Apparently, um, uh, you could actually get around the Wikipedia blackout by disabling JavaScript on your browser, apparently the whole you know thing that came up on Wikipedia was just a JavaScript kind of front end that would uh, you know that would stop you from viewing Wikipedia. But you know, of course, he he put in as a caveat. He's like, well, I don't know if I should act. You know, if, if we should broadcast this because it's kind of not in the spirit of you know of taking down Wikipedia for the day to get around it. Is you kind of circumventing the idea of what they're trying to do? Mm-hmm. So. So very uh, thanks very much, Sam, for calling in and for giving us uh, that piece of information. Uh, in with us today in the studio today, we're talking about Learning UW, and in with us in the studio is a veteran guest of the show, Jeff Bohr. How's it going? Hey, thanks, Ty. And Jeff, so Learning UW, what can we say about Learning UW? There's so many amazing things we can say about Learning UW. 
and you're gonna and you're gonna tell some of them <laughs> how much time do you have? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so everybody uses Learn at UW, or 92% of the campus does, as you said, right? That's right. We do know from our uh, surveys of students that over 90% report using them every semester, and we know that. Uh, uh, right now, the typical student has three courses that are leveraging mm -hmm. Learn at UW in some way. Um, and, and the good thing is that these same surveys show that satisfaction is very high among students. So that's a very that's great. happy thing for us to see and, and report on. That um, is great. Yeah. And the trend has been going up. So uh, what we've got in place is working. Um, the majority of my job focuses uh, focuses on supporting instructors, making sure that uh, that they've got the help that they need to use the system effectively. Um, uh, students, for the most part, don't need a lot of help using it, but it's a very complex system for uh, an instructor to manage to 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 lead sure, a course sure. on and learn all the features so we get a lot of questions every semester from uh, uh, from professors trying to set up their learning at w uh, site for the first time or professors that are maybe new to the system or they decide at this point hey you know i'm gonna get i'm gonna get one of those learning w classes i'm gonna go to the on you know online learning so and there's a lot of the, speaking of online learning there's a lot of professors now at least that i've seen that do classes that are online only that don't actually physically meet have you seen like an uptick of that because of learning UW or uh, a steady uh, uptick? But we really don't have uh, ways of measuring the types of courses that are being uh, supported in learning UW that are being run through the uh, system. Yeah. Um, you know, we are very excited about some of the um, initiatives the chancellor has been talking about lately regarding educational innovations. Uh, he is specifically looking for new online courses, new online programs to be uh, created here on our campus. So certainly, uh, the platform like learning UW would be at the center of some of those discussions. That's very cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, being, having a class on Learn at UW could also cut down on the amount of, like, resources that are used, uh, uh, the amount of uh, material that you have to create and copy, the amount of physical space you need. It's kind of a money-saving thing, isn't it? It goes along with that, um, the e-book pilot that we were talking about, the right. e-textbook pilot. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of a, the whole, all, all of this online digital collaboration, this online digital learning Saves a lot of money and, and you know a lot of dough in the end, doesn't it? I don't know if if we can really characterize it that way. There are some savings to be had, um, but certainly there's an investment by the university to provide the system and um, providing access to resources that people have uh, had to um, sometimes go to great lengths to get at. You know, regarding different mm -hmm. uh, libraries, different uh, uh, recordings that they have to uh, wait in line to listen to. But <laughs> because of these online platforms, we're able to deliver them to everyone. Um, but there are certain efficiencies, and, and I, would, um, I would stand up for Learn at UW and say the investment the university is making is certainly paying off, um, and uh, there's a lot of great things happening in I the would, system. I would definitely agree with that. So, so Learn at UW has got some new features that you came in to talk about today. Uh, what are those? What, are, what, are the new, what kind of new things can we expect yeah. to see? Well, over the last year, um, we're really happy with the improvements uh, made regarding mobile access to Learn at UW. Um, for those that don't know, Learn at UW is not uh, a do-it or UW-Madison uh, created program. It's uh, provided by a company called Desire to Learn out of Canada. And uh, it's it, one it's of the... It's out of Canada? It's out of Canada. I didn't oh, know yeah. D2L was out of Canada. I had no idea. Whoa. There's okay. a, there's That's a why they're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're a fun-loving group of yeah. uh, hockey lovers. <laughs> no, it's when, a, when, 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 you, when you call them up, you know, it's like, do they, do they ever ask you what the problem's all about? <laughs> they do. They talk about processes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
That's right. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a very solid company to work with. They are one of the leading uh, providers of learning management systems, uh, and they're um, doing very well during a time that there's a lot of shakeup in the industry right now. So those of us geeks that like these uh, learning management systems uh, and spend a lot of time thinking about them, um, uh, we're happy with what Desire to Learn is doing, and we like the trajectory they're on. But there is um, there are a lot of changes kind of um, rumbling about out there. Mm-hmm. Or a boot. <laughs> so anyway, we talked about mobile access to learn at UW. If people have uh, tried accessing uh, their course sites through their device, they've seen some improvements over the last uh, two semesters. Mm-hmm. Um, students can uh, access the content, their readings. They can check grades, uh, participate in discussion boards. Uh, there's a few things they can't do, such as submitting assignments uh, through the Dropbox. But uh, we're optimistic those um, features are going to be coming along. Yeah, because that's that's one of the things that we're seeing a lot more nowadays, at least at the help desk side of things. People bringing in their mobile devices, their iPads, their iPhones, their you know Samsung Galaxy Nexus devices that mm-hmm. you know are now selling. You know, what was it? Teresa? Samsung. It's the Galaxy Note. Galaxy, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't know. I don't know well, what anyway, it is. yeah, the, five, people are coming million. in and they're people asking in all the time. How do I? How do I learn EW on this thing? <laughs> throw it up in our faces. <laughs> shake it at you. Shake it at you. How do yeah. I how do I make the learn EW go? Yeah. And and up until you know, up until a year ago or so, we're kinda like, uh not really Right. right. Know, but now, yeah, you got a nice mobile site. Yeah, it automa- automatically detects that you've got a mobile device in your hand, and uh, you can flip over to the desktop version if you've got an iPad or another tablet where you want to take advantage of the bigger screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so far so good. Here, I got. A, I have an idea for the for the mobile learning UW. If you ever make a mobile app, uh, you should have a feature in there. This is probably for the Canadian D2L team who's going to be developing this. But <laughs> they should, you know, if they should have a feature if they want to do something like it's a history class where they have to go visit certain sites, they should have GPS enabled and then the teacher will actually know that they brought their device uh-huh. to that location. Yeah. They Love get four-square check-in kind of yeah. thing. Ah, that's do it. geo-tracking. Yeah. Yeah. Forget yeah. attendance from the instructor. Let's just do four-square check-in that's from it. my class. I Love it. I hope, uh, ding, ding, ding. I hope you up in Canada are listening. But then, so. then, <laughs> then I'll just have my friends take my phone to the class. Yeah, but you don't, you don't give your friends <laughs> your would phone. Not I would give not give my phone. It's like built-in security. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess. No. Might work. All right. Well, anyway, so the mobile the mobile uh, site is getting updated. What, what else is what else is new for Learn at UW? Well, for those people that have spent more than a second on the Learn at UW uh, homepage, um, we have had some information up over the last semester regarding web conferencing. This is more um, in, uh, for instructors, but we are happy to support a tight integration with... Um, a tool called Blackboard Collaborate that allows instructors mm. to host uh, virtual meetings, uh, guest speakers, all through the uh, you know audio, video, live chat interface, like oh. Skype. That's really neat. Like uh, Adobe Connect. Like Adobe Connect. Ooh, okay. Like WebEx. Mm. Neat. Yep. Like Go to Meeting. No. So like, if no, you want to bring in a guest lecture and they're in Spain, uh-huh. instead of having them fly all the way out here, you could just bring them up and learn at UW and have your class mm, that, talk That'll save a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it would be really right. neat, really neat class interaction, and you can, you yeah. know. Yeah, or for language classes, you know, if, uh, if you want to, uh, a you know, some a native speaker to be speaking to your students, you know, call, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, you're, you're from Spain, just call up your grandma in Spain and be like, you know, hey, talk to my students. Boom. Love hey. it. Right. There you go. How neat would that be? That would be super cool. That would have been cool for our classes. I took Spanish and you did Japanese. Yeah. That would have been fantastic. That would have been amazing. Yeah, we we just had old 80s uh, um, 
uh, like 2020 kind <laughs> put, of put on these things. huge headphones yeah. and listen to this tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah was the, it. There's the lab over in Van Heys, right? Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Not to get too off topic, but they had the lab where you could go listen to audio clips and you could, you could, they had Skype hook up there, but still um, do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But now that it'll be le- through Learn You Debbie, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah and the cool thing, of course, um, it's going to be on the shoulders of the instructor to learn how to use this system. But the cool thing is that regarding Learn at UW, if they're already using Learn at UW, it's just a couple of clicks away to set up one of these web conference sessions. So okay. it's getting easier. Cool. So where where can, well, I suppose maybe it is just the help desk, but where can professors go to get in-depth help to learn how to do things in Learn at UW? They really want someone to sit down with them and, yep. and teach them how to do it. Yeah, there are a lot of staff across campus that are able to provide this service. Um, certainly most faculty are aware of uh, the IT help down the hall. And uh, we encourage them to check with their local department, local school or college to mm-hmm. get that assistance. Uh, from Do It, though, they certainly can start the help desk and say, hey, I'm thinking about using this certain tool or I have this goal in mind in my class. Mm-hmm. And uh, the help desk will uh, route those calls over to the department called Academic Technology, which I'm a part of. And uh, we've got uh, experts that are uh, willing to come on out and meet with instructors in their office and uh, give them kind of a side-by-side coaching uh uh, assistance to get them started. Neat. You know, For any of those, any of you instructors out there who are listening and you say, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I need some more information on that. Go to our website, helpdesk.wist.edu. Type in the number 3297 into the search field and then boom, individual help for instructors for learning UW will pop up and you'll get all the information that you, that you need from that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's sometimes hard to pick up the phone or drop an email and, and go to the help desk thinking, you know, they may not know the answers to what I've, what I've got. But what I love about the help desk is that they know who to talk to. And they always seem to find the right person uh, mm-hmm. in a very short order of time. Yeah, so. well, you know what? The people knows the people. Yeah, I, know, I know Jim and, and Steve down at the, you know, the place. They get you hooked up. Don't right. worry about it. And I believe also the Digital Media Center. I know they do some Learn at UW support. So Absolutely. you can walk into the Digital Media Center over in the new, the bio. Building? Correct, right? The yeah. Biochemistry building. There's a yeah. great excuse to get over there and check out that fascinating building off Henry Mall. Mm-hmm. The Digital Media Center is located uh, on the main floor. So they're great <coughs> at also just helping with creating the digital content that you would be putting into Learning UW. So if you need help with that aspect as well, they can help you with both. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, are, are there any other neat new features you can talk about? Or is sure. that about it? Or? Now I've got a couple more if okay. we've got time. Oh, yeah. fantastic. So one of the improvements we're seeing uh, made in the product is uh, notifications. So you can set your own personal uh, preferences regarding how you want to be notified when new uh, new content, new uh, discussions are posted. Uh, right now we support email notifications, but I've talked to someone who knows someone who says text notifications are on the way. So we're working on that. Somebody knows somebody. We're working on that. Yep. All right. Oh, he knows fantastic. the guy. That's right. <laughs> he knows the guy. You know. Because I know when I used to use Learn EW when I was in my undergrad, that you'd always have to log in to check these things, and then you'd yeah. say, "Oh, why right. are there twenty new discussion posts? What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> right. They're catching up with the times, awesome. and uh, we're certainly giving them advice on uh, how to improve their product. Cool. Mm-hmm. And so finally, as we're getting into uh, the job hunt season, one last feature we could point out is the electronic portfolio feature for students in Learn at UW. Uh, check out the Learn at UW homepage. There's a link for e-portfolios. And what students can do is uh, put together their collection of uh, artifacts, things that show what they've learned, uh, the experiences they've had, uh, the accomplishments that they've uh, achieved. And then uh, there's, it's a nice template system that allows them to publish a website fairly easily and share that out with uh, prospective employers. Or Nice. Yeah. Well, how, and here's a good question for that, though. How long does that, how, how long does that last? 
Does it last, you know, for yep. a while or oh, until their net IDs are deactivated? Or I yeah, mean, that's a great question. Right now, they'll have access as long as they have access to their net ID, which I believe is six months after graduation. So, could they export that website to a different web hosting um, service? Yeah, there are some uh, exporting capabilities. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's build it now share it out over the next few months and um, it's a new tool uh, that's a complex one as far as those issues you just brought up uh, and so do its working with desire to learn and uh, with the university even the alumni group to try to understand how we can serve alums beyond okay. graduation there's a lot of people interested in portfolios right mm, cool that, that's a real neat feature for sure now before the show we were talking about um, about some of the some of the quirky calls, some of the quirky issues that we've gotten with with Learn at UW, and you had one that <laughs> that was really interesting that I've never heard of anybody bringing up before. But I just you know I kind of kind of chuckled. So can you tell us about that? About the email issue? Yeah. The, yeah. This uh, let's call this a public service announcement okay. to our student listeners <laughs> out there. Uh, just a reminder that uh, using university IT resources like Learn at UW and the handy email my whole class feature uh, for commercial gain purposes is is against our uh, responsible use policy. Yes. So if you um, are taking notes and are getting paid and uh, you have the opportunity to sell those to students, please don't use Learn at UW or other campus IT resources to drum up business. <laughs> So people were people were like sending out a big email announcement like, hey, you know, if you want uh, mm -hmm. you want some notes, I got them here, just five dollars, five bucks, right? So right. that includes just emailing them from your own WISC address, though, and emailing other students directly outside of the list. That sure would. Of course, I've seen this come through the Learn at UW pipeline, but it would include mm -hmm. your WISC.edu account, and basically using any uh, owned by UW IT infrastructure at all, you, you can't get any personal gains from and that. So. That so like, includes the internet. Yeah. That so like the university Whisk provides. Whisk Mail, Whisk Cal. Don't don't use any if of those. If you live in the dorms and you're on Resnet, you're hosting a server and trying to trying to trying to sell it's your naughty. trying to sell your Etsy jewelry. Don't do that. Because then you get expelled and then You lose Good day, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well and I had a I had a funny one that you hadn't heard of that we can talk about too. Right. Um I we got we we routinely actually I would say routinely get calls from um, uh, from professors that work in uh, you know with like digital media with with video productions with stuff like that uh, and they say you know well uh, we have thirty students in the class or thirty five or forty or one hundred and fifty or whatever you know and however many they've got and um, and they need to be able to upload their assignments to the Dropbox but they're having issues with the Dropbox. And we, you know, we ended up working and talking to him a little bit more, and uh, we figured, well, what's the assignment? You know, how big? What are, what are we talking here? Oh, they're, they they've made a DVD image, and they're all uploading it to the Dropbox. <laughs> so they so they've made a DVD image, which is 4.7 gigabytes, and yeah, 30 of them are trying to upload it into the Dropbox, <laughs> and we're like, oh, that's why, you know. But there, but you said there are no. There are no caps on the system, right? Right, right. Yeah, we have not put in quotas for uh, courses uh, as far as how much content or uh, quotas for each person, uh, how much uh, they're allowed to upload. Those could introduce new problems in the middle of the night when they're trying to get assignments done. Sure. So please upload wisely. Please, yeah, but still, like, there's no reason that you should have to upload. I mean, you know, 4.7 gigabyte file, I mean, that's just, that's just huge. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. You know, I mean, the Dropbox was, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I thought the Dropbox was mostly, 
you know, supposed to be used for like uh, word documents, sure. assignments. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a picture or two, but mm-hmm. nothing crazy like a DVD. Yeah. Yeah, I would say if you're in a class that's uh, using these kind of media assignments, check with your instructor. Make sure that uh, you've got some good ideas for where to store those. We've got a lot of options for uh, for those kinds of uses on campus. Mm-hmm. Learn at UW may not be the best option. Maybe my web space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it would take Maybe you a, a long better. time to upload said Very, DVD yeah. as mm-hmm. your, your upload speed is usually much, much slower than your download speed. Oh, yeah. Yep. Even on campus. I mean, we've got some mm-hmm. blazing fast speeds, but yeah, upload speed is going to be much slower than download speed. Mm-hmm. Almost everywhere, almost everywhere that you see. And another thing uh, that I found out recently, some ISPs, if you're not using the you know the campus resources to do this, some ISPs oh, yeah. have a upload download limit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's usually in the it's usually like 100 gigabytes a month or or 500 gigabytes a month. But still, I mean, if you're doing a lot of uploading, downloading that kind of stuff, it's going to be you're, you're going to run into problems. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. Good points. All right. Well, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Thanks for, you know, being, of course, you know, a wonderful veteran of the show. We've got to have you back again. I would love to come back The anytime, next time Learning W is being upgraded. It's being upgraded this summer, right? Right. Yeah, we've got an upgrade Ooh. coming this summer. You're going to really like the interface. It'll be a lot cleaner, more modern, less clicks. Uh, so that'll come in the middle of summer. You'll see some more information posted about little that. Ma- little Ooh. maple leaf up in the corner, a hockey stick, and, you know, some... <laughs> and Bucky. And Bucky. And Bucky, of course. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> All right. Well, Thanks so much for coming on today. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, it looks like our hour is just about up, so we've come to the end of another episode of Do It Live. Thanks very much for listening out there. We've got some people that we'd like to thank as well. Special thanks go out to our management team at the Division of Information Technology, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Rust, Sean Bossinger, and Bill Zimmerman. Do It's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman, and our CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Bruce Moss. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, that's me, and Sandy Cyberlick. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Andy Muchleski. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producers of Do It Live are Ty Christian and Adam Wiesenfarth. Join us next time for another action-packed hour of Tech Talk. And in the meantime, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. Check out our website, doit.wisp.edu forward slash radio. And if you want to get a hold of us, email us, radio at doit.wisp.edu. We'll see you then. <laughs>